everyone. Welcome to Tent Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Stacy. We've got Kimberly Mehmet on sound production. And we have Vanessa Kerr back to talk to us about all things extraterrestrial. <laughs> Cosmic stars. <laughs> yeah. So where we ended up last time on the podcast was we were sharing things that had happened from our childhood independently, Vanessa in Arizona, me in Utah, having these experiences and then sharing like what has recently happened in the US government with like forming this committee and how people having all of these experiences, it's put some pressure. And so now we're getting more into this, like sharing information and learning what the general public like needs to know, not only for safety, but for just like we're all genuinely fascinated and want to talk about this. And Vanessa was holding out on us. She has a very big story, <laughs> not holding out, but um, we've saved a really great story for this episode of like a latest encounter that happened yeah. recently. And Vanessa, take it away. Tell us. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Stacy. <laughs> So kind of a little bit more of my background and how this kind of wove into currently, what am I doing and how am I showing up in the world? So we talked about what happened when we were children. And I just want to kind of add this addendum that like it didn't just end at that moment. Like actually that moment with my grandma when I was 12 was honestly just the beginning. Yeah. Just dun, the beginning, dun, dun. you know. And I want to also make mention then when I was 16, the Phoenix Light sighting was probably one of the most well-known documented sightings because our technology had increased. People had video cameras. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we had cameras ready. So, you know, modern day, we have TikTok and Instagram, Facebook, these ways to post. But back then, more people had home videos. Home videos. And so that added to having this be one of the most well-documented sightings that we've had in America for a very long time. So, of course, I got a story about this one. <laughs> <laughs> so it was in the evening-ish, kind of that dusk time. And, you know, nothing too abnormal was happening. I was indoors and all of a sudden felt this huge exhaustion, like huge. It's really hard to explain when you move into this exhaustion place. But to me, I've been able to recognize that's when like part of me is here. Earth Vanessa is here. Part of cosmic Vanessa is somewhere else. Okay. So I remember after dinner being like exhausted, I, I went and laid on my bed and began to have what we often call about that lapse of time. Like you don't know where you just were. But you're you you're you're out essentially. Well, during that time when I was quote out, mm -hmm. my mom gets a phone call from the neighbor who's hysterical. Oh my gosh! Like she, she couldn't even get the information out, and essentially she's like, "There's this craft! There's this craft right over your house! The craft is right over your house!" Like like losing her marbles. And at that point, you know, this was right when it's happening, so we didn't have any media yet to you know on the news to say, "Hey, this just happened." But that moment to me was really significant because, again, it was that validation that happened. Yeah. That like, whoa, I got so exhausted that I had to lay down and like lost a sense of time. And I woke up feeling a little bit like, 
what's happening? Where am I? Where have I been? Mm-hmm. Well, then to have a neighbor be able to say, oh, my gosh, there was this craft over your house, which was a part of this huge accumulation of the Phoenix Light sighting, again, was that really big validation. So that happened when I was 16. So I want to add that to the list. Adding it in. Add that in. I love that. (laughs) And then the present moment occurrence that happened, which to me is the biggest one, was just in Sedona this year. So it was in January. And for those of you who are aware or not aware, Sedona is one of these really magical places, but it is this kind of vortex spot, which lends itself to just kind of paranormal things. You know, if there's this energetic current that we kind of talked about before, this electromagnetic pulls, and that's already being housed in the earth. Imagine like what that is doing on these like multidimensional levels of like energy and currents in and grounding. Mm-hmm. So I'm building up to say that it's no surprise that this happened in Sedona. Uh, everything, like I'm <laughs> so attracted to Sedona. I've gone there so many times. There's a part of it that's like a home feeling because everybody's talking about it and normalizing mm-hmm. something that in my own community, I feel like I have to tiptoe around, but it's not only extraterrestrial. It's just a lot of people having miraculous experiences with paranormal, with their body, with healing, with recovery of some kind. Yeah, beautiful things happening. And it's just everyday language there. It's not anything to hide or dance around or over explain. It's very believed and it's very everyday. Mm, yeah, I love how you said that. Yeah. It's so normalized in that sense that it's like it's you're accepted. Yeah. If you had an experience, it's ex- you you're accepted. And then when you come home to a place that that isn't the norm, it's no longer accepted. Yeah. 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 That's been my experience and that's why I return to Sedona as often as I do cuz I just feel like so much like infusion of validation and normalcy and like, okay, there are people like me. (laughs) Yeah, we need that. (laughs) We need that. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. So In in January, I was in ceremony. So I'm a part of this really beautiful lineage. That's called the Pachacuti Mesa tradition that Don Oscar in a sense, assimilated this information from his mentors, these wise medicine, ancient wisdom, cosmic knowing keepers. And he laid it out in a format that is kind of easy to assimilate, but it's like centuries and centuries of so much information. And so when we were all together in Sedona, and what I mean we, there's probably about 60 of us, mm-hmm. and um, it's called Sedona, Sedona Mago, and we were sitting in circle or in ceremony, which we call really high ceremony, meaning there's no plant medicine at all that's being served. It's just simply your energy and it's your breath and it's your intention. Mm, And it's your beautiful altar space. We call it a mesa that you've brought. So it's essentially you and all of these beautiful medicine pieces that you've collected that represent the earth elements. Mm. And there's staffs that like represent these this connection from the stars to the earth. Mm. So we have this beautifully laid out kind of grid system in our ceremonial space with the 60 of us. And in the evening, we don't exactly know what kind of teachings will be coming forward, but we're just open and receptive, right? 
And can we pause for just a second? And for somebody who's never heard this language before, can you give an example of like what an altar item might be that represents an element? Yeah. Because that that could seem like very far out for somebody who's never heard this. Yeah. Thank you, Stacey. Yeah. Yeah. So we start in the south, which is the earth. So Pachamama, Mama Gaia. And, you know, usually it's a stone that maybe you've collected that is like, it wants you to use it. Or maybe it's a stone you found at a, a crystal shop or whatever, an element of earth. And then you move to the west, which is the waters, which is Grandmother Moon, we call Mama Kia. And to me, that's represented with a shell. That Again, I, I love to collect these gifts when they say, yes, you can take them home. Remember, you can't just take anything. Like, it has a purpose. You always ask. Mm -hmm. You always ask. So there's the shell to represent the waters. Then in the north, we get a kocha or great spirit or this idea of the wind element. Perhaps it's a feather that you found or something that represents winged ones, you know, wisdom. Mm -hmm. And then in the east is your fire, grandfather fire or inti, and that's represented by a candle. And then in the center is, is the soul, the unseen element. And again, that can be a stone. It could be something that seems magical or really yeah. beautiful to you. So these are just highly personalized items. And if you were at home in your own environment, like you could even, like we're drinking sparkling water. I could even use the sparkling water for my water element. I don't need to find something that like you can always make do because the cool thing about connecting to the elements is then realizing that you're always surrounded by them and supported by them and that we are the ones that make meaning and that set aside these ritual time to actually honor and connect with the elements, that the elements are actually always surrounding us and supporting us. But actually, when we turn our attention and connect and intentionally, yeah, connect into the elements that that is all of a sudden this shift of reciprocity. And it can feel kind of big for people to to do this at first or to think in these ways, because it feels very mystical. But just I would say for anybody beginning to this journey, that it's a practice of reciprocity, these things that keep us alive and that nourish us and and hold us all the time. It's just a moment of gratitude and reciprocity to say, thank you for being there for me. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Yeah. One of my favorite tools is part of an owl, owl wings. And I find that a beautiful way of reciprocity because this owl has passed on. And yet I'm saying, thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for allowing me to use your feathers mm -hmm. as we move into these spaces of liminalness, meaning this vastness. And to me, the earth elements are just so beautiful. Like I have such a rich relationship. Like I just get these big smile on my face when I think about these these stones that have just come into my life and other things. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in Sedona, you've set mm. up a ritual, you've got all the elements, and then you've got some kind of staff that represents the connection to the cosmic force and the earth. Absolutely. And yep. you're in ceremony without any kind of medicinal. Yep. Element. This is just you, your breath, your body, and your personalized 
alter space. That's correct. Let's keep going. Okay. Edge of my seat. Okay. So <laughs> you can kind of begin to maybe sense the the beauty and the richness of what is in front of you when you have 60 people who all have these really important pieces, right? That mean so much to them. And we have these staffs that, again, are creating this like grid line that we believe is just this, this uh, conduit point, really to be the information from the cosmos to then anchor in here. So it's very beautiful, right? We have candles and and again, like we had said, there's not any plant medicine induced state in this moment. We're just all breath. So during this kind of mystical, beautiful evening, we see our maestro, Don Oscar, um, using the sacred smoke. And we're just breathing. We're just we're just breathing all together. We're not even using mantras in this moment. We're just really tapping in and harnessing our energies and syncing up together. Because in order to have these spiritual experiences, our mind needs to be settled. If your mind isn't settled, then you're going to snap out of it quick and you're going to deny that anything has happened. But if, when we can still the mind, I just think that as a little bit of an opening can happen for the mystical workings to come through. Yeah. Yeah. So this is happening. We're breathing. We're, we're all syncing up. The, the smoke is coming out. And all of a sudden, oh, this is so beautiful. Mm. All of a sudden, I could see with my eyes open. And mind you, this is the first time this has ever happened. With my eyes open, I saw this, what I call a cosmic star being. Maybe someone would call it an alien. I like to use cosmic star being because when I say alien, to me, I move into the kind of that fear-based language. Or defensive, like a separation. Or a separation. Yeah. Yep. But when I say, oh, like a cosmic star relative, all of a sudden it's soft and it's inviting. So that's the language I like to use in this moment. So I saw one like beautiful, like um, beautiful large eyes and this coloring. And this being was rather tall. It wasn't kind of short or small and kind of had this like large shoulders. Like I think that's a way to put it, like, mm. like large shoulders and not hands like we have hands, like less fingers, like maybe three. Anyways, so this this being shows up and I was like, what? And I'm blinking my eyes like, is this really happening right now? And then all of a sudden as I'm like tuning in more and I'm breathing just to calm my mind, another one, I see another one. And they're surrounding you, surrounding the group. They're in the middle of that, that work. So where Don Oscar is, that's mm-hmm. called, we call it the main mesa. So it's in that portion right there. In the center. In the center. In the center of the room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so this happens until there's four beings that are literally standing in the middle of the mesa. And I'm blinking my eyes like, does anybody else see this? Like, what is happening right now? But it was so beautiful and it was really calm. And that's the piece that I want to share that, like, there wasn't fear. Mm. It was just inquiry and, like, curiosity. I think in the same way that they maybe had incurring curiosity about like, what are you guys all doing here with these yeah. <laughs> tools and, you know, what are you doing? And then it, then we just proceeded to breathe and Don Oscar, in a sense, was able to kind of lead us into this breath and simply said, we have some visitors, some messengers here and we're just going to keep in the silence 
So we just kept in that silence and kept in our breath. So he was sensing something. You were physically seeing something. And there was an attention or an attunement for everybody to just sit with it. And if anybody's getting messages or if anybody's getting Mm -hmm. inspirations for what might be, if there's any communication happening. Exactly. Exchange. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And then the beings, in a sense, went to each of the corners of the room. In a sense, I like to think of it like they're now holding down this new uh, fortress, like this new area that was just created. And that, in a sense, it was like, think of it like a pyramid. You know what I mean? Like they're holding down the four corners. And then then it's like, yeah, Yeah. energetically, it's kind of coming up into this triangle Wait, that's the sense that I had. And I was just so full of awe and wonder and just had to keep coming back to my breath. And it was such a beautiful moment where we just all sat in silence. I don't know for how long. I Time mean, doesn't even we really don't even exist know. in those moments. But then eventually Don Oscar said, like, thank you, all of you. You know, this was really beautiful. Um, I think it would be best for all of us to take this into our hearts now and go into our sleep, you know. So we left all very quiet. And it was like, what just happened? Well, and uh, also, okay, so back to when you were a teenager and Mm. you got really tired. Yeah. I think one thing that I've noticed, even trying to get a meditation practice, let's just take this to your basic five-minute breathing meditation. It's exhausting at first. You might fall asleep during your meditation practice because holding a different state of consciousness We're not used to that. We're used to being on autopilot. So when we start embodying more presence, it's exhausting. And often our body has to shut down. So when people, I mean, you hear this with all kinds of media and sources of everyday people. I I started meditating and it changed my life. This is kind of what we're talking about. All of a sudden, your ability to hold a very present state is elongated. You're no longer having to just be exhausted or shut down and fall asleep or just immediately start thinking about your groceries or, you know, be so distracted. You can hold that firm presence. But the truth is, it is exhausting afterwards. Like every level or the amount of presence you can hold, you do need recovery time because our bodies and our brains are not used to this. This is new. And so just like what happened when you were a teenager, I guess I'm just connecting that. It happened as an adult, but your capacity to hold more information and be present with what was happening was here now because of some of the work that you've done Mm. to hold that space Mm. because you wouldn't have been able to hold it probably. Right. And even for the folks there, you know, everyone maybe perhaps had a different experience where like maybe they were just sitting quietly, but maybe not attuning their breath in that same way. And it doesn't matter how we show up. Yeah. Just that I think in that moment I was capable of holding more of that stillness. Well, and I work on a lot of bodies and so do you, but we we know that different bodies have senses that are more intense or elevated and it's it's how your DNA is arranged, it's how it's how you show up in the world, but some people are very sensitive to smells. My English teacher in high school 
nobody could wear our bath and body lotions and sprays because she would come down with a headache. And we all knew that. Every single person knew, don't go to English class with any scent on because that's going to throw the teacher into a tailspin of like, you know, whatever. But the same is true with like spiritual gifts or they run through your senses. So some people visually attune they can see things. Some people can smell things. Some people, it happens through sensation or touch. And there's no like right or wrong, good or bad, you know, this is better than this, because whatever you've got working for you is still going to work for you. And now you know for sure you've got sight. Yeah. And your eyes, that's something that they can do. You know that about your eyes. Well, now I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Wow. So moving forward with this experience of visually seeing this, it's compounded on the experience with your grandmother, the experience as a teenager. Now you're physically seeing something. How how does one like move forward in life and stay here on earth when like you know you know something cool. Like, what do you do? Well, honestly, that's like the question I think for all of us as sensitive natured embodied humans. Yeah. Of what are our tips and tricks to stay grounded, to stay in our purpose? You know, I have four children. So often I think of these four children as my anchors, just like, okay, we got to make food. We're going to go swimming. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But it it does change your whole like perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's actually it's it's been a huge integration process. And I was laughing when I realized that the name of my chosen healing work is called Awakening Integration. And I finally laughed, I think like a month ago, and I thought, oh my goodness. That was for me. That was actually for me this whole time. Vanessa, you got to awaken and you got to integrate this. And I'm like, I don't want to tell anyone. Like, it's, I, I have felt a lot of fear about knowing who I can tell this to. But really, that fear is just lying in my body because when I trust and know my experience and I had the gift of being there with 60 others that like that was also validated right maybe they had a different kind of experience but don oscar could sure validate me and that's like you know you only really need one person yeah you don't need all 60 you actually don't even need a whole community i think just to have a one witness is what is so healing as we move forward oh my gosh and this is the perfect segue talking about a witness what do you do for people? What do you help them? Like, <laughs> what's your business about? Yeah. So it's called Awakening Integration. And each session is just really different based upon what folks come in with. I like there to be a sense of like, we first talk and you just like, tell me with your words what's happening. And then the second part is like, we just do some hands-on healing, or we could do a drum journey or meditation. But essentially, it's this idea of aligning each of your multiple bodies, your multidimensional selves. So that way, when you leave a session time, you feel whole because you had that witness yeah witnessed the gift of a witness is like 
I, I think I really learned about that in 2020, living alone. <laughs> Mm. I was looking for a witness, like I exist, I live. And I was reaching for it from a lot of corners. But being witnessed is so much part of the integration process, because you don't have to feel like your experience is outside of yourself, or like it's crazy, or like you're bad for having something that individually happened to you. And just being able to share that and have somebody witness back, yeah, that seems really true for you. Or, yeah, I saw it too, or right. I felt it too, or I can see you experiencing this, emoting this, and integrating in this session, and that's real work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So again, if people want to find you, if they want to have a witness session, if they want to have a healing session with you, how can they set up that appointment? How can they find you? Yeah. So same on the website, awakeningintegration.com. There's also a link there so that you can set up a free call because I understand the vulnerability that it takes to share your story with someone that you don't know yet. And so to me, that's just an opportunity for us to kind of just connect and you can kind of maybe hear how I flow through questions and just to build a sense of safety is really important to me. I also have a new offering, which is a mini session. Like, hey, if you don't want to like dive deep and you still want to build this trust and understand like, okay, can Vanessa hold this experience or are we a good match? That's also an option. And um, you can also awakening integration on Instagram. You can follow me there. Oh, good. Well, I just want to thank you so much for coming and being a guest and sharing these big vulnerable stories. Thanks, Stacey. And we just, it's just such a joy to hear it and to share space with you. Mm, I love you. I thank love you. you too. <laughs> and thanks everybody for listening. And um, we'll see you next time on Tent Talks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>